button. I was not sure whether or not I was going to preach tonight. I put my name on the list. I saw some other people that I had never seen before on the list, and uh, I thought it may be a good thing for me to just give them some time. And some of you all are like, yeah, why didn't you give them some? <laughs> we wish you would have done that. Uh, I'm, I'm going to kind of draw, as I often do um, in the jails. Uh, I often find myself preaching close to last, and there's usually a lot of good preaching that precedes me. And if you've been, in, if you've been paying attention, there's a lot of good preaching that you've heard tonight that has preceded me, and hopefully I'm going to continue uh, and just add a little bit more, keep things going a little bit farther in that direction. Uh, there's been a couple different uh, directions that have been gone through tonight. Uh, I don't want to depress you either, but uh, I do have to be realistic with the way I think the world is going, the way I think, uh, you know, when I look at my kids and the situation they're going to find themselves in here in 5, 10, 15, 20 years if the Lord tarries. Uh, like I said, I like going to Dad's house, and sure enough, uh, I was over at Dad's house, and we spent about 10 minutes talking about whatever in the world, not important stuff, and then we started talking about the important stuff, and one of the things he thinks of is that the Lord's going to come, like, tomorrow. And uh, brother, between him and Brother Howie, he's going to be within six months, amen. Uh, the, the Israelites, are they're, they're bombing Syria right now, and the Chinese are starting to send ships over to uh, Pakistan. You know, they're starting to get close to that Middle Eastern area. Uh, it, it very well could be. And uh, if it is, are you going to be ready for it? If the Lord comes, let's say we just kind of get some of these little signs, the, you know, the wars and rumors of the wars, the things that we kind of see uh, watching the news. If you spend too much time doing that, you will eventually pick up on some of these things. Are you going to be ready if the Lord comes back, let's say, in five, six, seven, eight months? Now, I'm trying to give you some breathing room, and he, I mean, he could be coming back to tomorrow, but uh, you ought to be trying to prepare for that. Um, I have a message here. I was just kind of stewing on some things. I like to, uh, for those of you who don't know, I do like naval history. Uh, so my illustration is going to be out of that as we flip to 1 Peter chapter number 5. I have one verse for you tonight as we are a few hours away from the new year. And I've got about eh, 12 minutes to go, I'd say. I'll try to rush this, maybe even cut it a minute early. 1 Peter chapter number 5, the Bible says in verse 8, uh, the Bible says, Be sober. Be vigilant, semicolon. So therefore, you ought to spend some time on that first two set of commands. Be sober, be vigilant. And if you want to know why, it's after the semicolon, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom you may devour. And uh, I'm not sure how your life is going. I, I've got a friend right now who's got his dad sitting on life support. Uh, and uh, he's in a position right now where he's got to be sober. He said, Andrew, my faith is really being tried around. I've been a, been a Baptist, Brother Stahl. He's been a Baptist for a long time. That doesn't mean that when something like that, some event happens just like that, as what has happened many times with the COVID, um, people that were perfectly healthy, family members that you expected to be here another 20, 30, 40 years, and they're sitting there on a bed, and you don't know. Uh, now's the time to be sober when you don't have those types of problems. Now's the time to be vigilant because you never know. Um, be sober, be vigilant. Now, sober means serious and simple, uh, sensible. Vigilant simply means keeping careful watch for possible dangers or difficulties. And uh, my illustration here, I'll, I'll spend probably the next eight, nine minutes doing the illustration. Uh, like I said, I, I really like naval history. You can only imagine where uh, I got that, uh, that like, that desire. Uh, story begins in World War I, the Battle of Jutland. So hopefully... Maybe I may be a really old fogey in 10 or 15 years as history is getting pulled out of schools. These things will be forgotten, and no one will know but me and Tim uh, and Brother Mike Stahl because we all read books. Thank the Lord for books that still exist. 
but for those of you who don't know, there was a story in 1916. Uh, there was the Battle of Jutland. It was the largest naval battle on Earth at the time. Still is the largest naval battle. Um, it involved almost entirely battleships. It was one of the few engagements where the surface uh, fleets were mostly large battleships. And they basically went out there and killed 9,500 of each other, and they blew themselves to pieces. They lost, the British lost all kinds of ships. The Imperial German Navy lost all kinds of ships. Uh, and that's where the story starts, because uh, they learned a lot of lessons um, at that battle. There were a lot of changes, a lot of design changes in the shipbuilding that occurred based on that battle. There were some people that sat down and said, man, we, if we ever have to go through this again, and Europe was a melting pot, it was a chaotic place to be, uh, certainly for the next 20 years, and hence we have World War II, we need to make some changes if we want our, our stuff to survive. I mean, they, were, they had seven, eight, 900 foot ships that would get hit once, and the whole crew, everything was just gone. Maybe three minutes, and the thing was underwater. One shell. And so they were always trying to design the guns, and they were trying to you know, match the guns with the armor, so that way uh, you know, it, we can kind of apply it spiritually. To It's nice to be able to fight the devil and, and resist the devil with your sword, but if he destroys you because you have no armor, then your sword is kind of useless. We can say that. And so there was always this, this uh, back and forth, this arms race, uh, you know, kind of like we've heard maybe in the Cold War, if you're alive in the Cold War. Uh, back in the day, they, the arms race was battleships. And they wanted their ship to last the longest. One of the ships that was in the process of being built, and this may ring a bell for some people, during the Battle of Jutland was the HMS Hood. Pride of the Royal Navies, as it was called. It was in development, it was in design phase. As a result of the Battle of Jutland, they made several... Uh, important, drastic design changes that took several years before the ship was actually uh, commissioned and deployed uh, because they said, hey, we, we are, this design is not going to work out. If we launch the ship, it is a liability. We are going to add more armor here. We're going to change this. We're going to change that. And the ship, when it was launched, was the largest vessel for 20 years. Now, you think like the United States and the Russians and the Chinese, you know, we're always developing a hypersonic missile or, or a laser this or a railgun that. There's always something that kind of just shifts your attention. This ship, after World War II, was the largest ship in the world for 20 years, the HMS Hood. This ship spent, since there was no war during that time, very little war, uh, it spent a lot of its time in flagship ceremonies, so it was effectively a show-off ship. It was the kind of ship that would go around ports. It had all the flags. It had you know, the representation of the nation of England, uh, so people got used to seeing it. It was the most famous ship in the world at its time, and they called it uh, the Mighty Hood. Something else to note about the ship is it was not actually a battleship. It was what they call a battle cruiser. It's kind of like an in-between between a smaller cruiser, a fast cruiser, and a battleship, a fully armed, heavily uh, weighed down battleship. It was right in the middle. One of the design recommendations that they said needed to occur, of which several were implemented, the one that was rejected was the one that said, listen, we're looking and we're seeing down the road, 10, 15, 20 years, we're seeing that the weapons of the enemy are going to advance to the point where this thing is going to need more deck armor because the weapons are they're shooting shells so long, you know the Battle of Jutland it was it was still a lot of this very flat trajectory. They're shooting shells that are now so long that the the arc has to be so high that now the entire way that we have to arm our ship has not to be from the side, but it's got to be from the top down because they're shooting 10, 15 miles in some cases 20 miles. That was ignored. 
So for 20 years, the crew of the HMS Hood, the world, the British people in general, saw their ship come and go. Most knew very little about that one uh, recommendation that was not heeded and taken care of. 20 years later, um, the HMS Hood met its adversary in the British or the German battleship Bismarck. One of two capital ships that absolutely scared the pants off of the British. Now, the British had 20 years of grace period for them, for somebody in the design phase to say, you know, this is our largest ship and it may not be totally up to speed, but we see the way Germany's going, and believe me, they did. They knew. Where Germany was going, they saw the markers on the wall, but nobody ever said, the United States, the Allies in general, we found ourselves very much at a disadvantage because our enemies were prepping and gearing up for war year by year, and we were just kind of sitting, holding back, hoping that nothing would happen. If I had any recommendations for going into 2022, it would be that the devil very much has advanced his way of dealing with humanity, whether you have or you develop the spiritual ability to counter him or not. Every year that goes by now, he is gaining more ability to fight you. His guns are getting longer. His armor, his ability to protect and shield the things that we have to now deal with. I mean, you think up in Canada, you, you get up from the uh, pulpit and you preach, you say that homosexuality is wrong, his people are protected. You know who goes to jail? You. He has the ability, he has built, because this is his world, this is, a, he's the God of this thing, the current God for the time being, the, the under God, the one who's been put in a position where he's allowed to do certain things. He will always, if possible, he will develop the best way to destroy you, if possible. And it's up to you, Christian, to say, listen, these are the design changes God has for me. It's been 20 years. Don't you think it's about time I start putting some armor on my ship? Now, the reason they didn't want to do that with the hood is because the hood was designed as a battle cruiser, a very narrow ship. It was designed to be fast and it was designed to attack smaller ships. But the thing is, 20 years ago, it may have been good for that purpose, but now it's 20 years in advance. It's got to be able to deal with the problems of today. And Christian, maybe 20 years ago, maybe that what you were doing 20 years ago worked, and I'm not saying we should get away from the Bible or anything else like that, but you're going to have to start adding more deck armor. More deck armor. It'll slow you down a little bit, maybe. It's going to add some weight. It's going to push you down to the water a little bit farther. But you've got to add that deck armor. You've got, to, you've got to armor and equip yourself. It talks about uh, the cross-reference to this, of course, is um, Ephesians chapter number 6, and I believe it's verse 18. Uh, Praying always with all prayer and supplication and watching therein too. You know you're getting into a harder time to exist as a Christian. You know, you know the, the trials, the tribulations, they're going to be harder against you. They're coming from every angle. What are you doing to shield yourself from those attacks? The HMS Hood, and I've got about a minute and a half here, got into a battle that it should have been prepared for 20 years prior. And nobody ever thought there would be a day when a German battleship, which eventually took seven or 800 hits from large caliber, I mean, it's like 15, 16-inch gun. It took several, it's 700 hits. The Hood took three hits. One hit a magazine, blew the back end of the ship off, 1,415 people died in three minutes. Three survived. That wouldn't have happened if somebody would have said, hey, 
the aggressor's still out there, regardless of whether we think he's going to be an aggressor or not. Uh, and certainly 10 years in, 1930, 1931, hey, listen, there's some signs here that this, this guy over here in Germany is a problem. Let's go back to the drawing board because we think there may be a battle, and regardless of whether there is or not, uh, vigilant means keeping careful watch for possible danger or difficulty. You're already looking ahead. Lord, I know that 2021, 2020, let's just go back there, was a tough year for a lot of people. 2021 was a tougher year for a lot of people. Maybe it was some breathing room, maybe there was not. We're kind of looking at 22 as, man, I hope it really kind of slows down, but in the event that it doesn't, you ought, you ought to be prepared that the devil in 2022 is a much better prepared and more apt and capable devil than he was in 2020 and 2021. He's getting the tools he needs to be able to do whatever he wants to do in the entire world. Those tools are becoming available to him. What tools are you equipping yourself with to be able to counter that in your personal life? Maybe not in the lives of somebody else. Maybe you look over just like the Prince of Wales was sitting there and, it, and they all got to watch that whole ship explode. They were able to get out, though. They, were, they, had, they had been built to be in a modern battleship. They were able to get out and survive, and they made it live to see it another day. And you watch friends and family and people that have been in church for 10, 20, 30 years, and it's like, man, everything's going great. And man, it's the mighty this and the mighty that, and this is a great Christian, this is a great minister, this is great this, and man, one shot, and they're gone. And everything that used to be them is sunk in three minutes, and you never see them ever again. What are you doing? in your personal life, to be able to give yourself the greatest possibility, the Bible says, stand in the evil day. And if you want to fight the devil, there's a lot of stuff you got to do to keep yourself protected long enough in that fight to where he can get close enough, and you may be able to fade him, you know, fend him off. What are you doing, Christian, to be able to stand in the evil day? I believe the evil day is coming. It's going to be in the future sometime. At some point, it may be, it may be when you walk out the door. Hopefully... You leave here tonight and you're able to stand in the evil day if your evil day is tomorrow. Amen. And if not, we all pray that the Lord comes back and gets us out of here before we all go up in flames. Amen. Yeah.